This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Holy Spirit continues to set hearts on fire with the love of Christ and inspire people to bring the good news to a world that is aching to hear it. Welcome to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. Now, here's your guide on this grand adventure, Catholic singer, songwriter, author, and speaker, Miriam Marston. And welcome back to Blazing the Trail here on Mater Day Radio. I am your host, Miriam Marston. And once again, I'm grateful to spend this time with you as we look at the church's mission to share the truth of all that Jesus has done for us and continues to do for us through the church, through prayer, through the testimonies of men and women whose lives have been transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's this theme of God's continuing work which really forms the entire basis for this program. We need to keep sharing and hearing stories of conversion so that we never forget that the Spirit of the risen Lord is alive in our midst, waking us up, setting us on a new course, inspiring us to continue our pursuit toward the goal, the prize of God's upward calling in Christ Jesus, as we hear in Philippians. My guest this week, Kevin Minetti, shares some of the key moments from his own journey of faith, which began with an experience of God's presence in the tabernacle. And these early encounters with the grace and mercy of the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament would begin to shape his life of ministry. And it's a journey that hasn't been without its ups and downs and detours, as I'll let Kevin explain in our interview. But an encounter with Christ, even when its effects might lie dormant for a season, is difficult to forget or to set aside entirely. Because to encounter Jesus is to encounter the divine physician. It is to open one's heart to the healing power that flows from the inner life of God. In fact, one could argue that everything about why Jesus came, His incarnation, His teaching, His miracles, His passion, death, and resurrection, it all goes back to healing. As Pope Benedict XVI wrote, healing is an essential dimension of the apostolic mission and of Christianity. When understood at a sufficiently deep level, this expresses the entire content of redemption. Indeed, when we look at the scriptures with this point in mind, then we can't help but see healing on so many pages of the Bible. In 2 Kings, we hear, Thus says the Lord, the God of David your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Now I am healing you. So yes, this text was composed many centuries ago, but these are words that can still pierce our hearts as though we're hearing them for the very first time and in our present moment. The Lord has never stopped hearing our prayers or seeing our tears. He is healing you now. In the Gospel of Matthew, we hear that Jesus went around to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and curing every disease and illness. In this passage, we see that proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and physical healings were very closely connected, and nothing has changed today. The missions of healing and proclamation are inextricably linked. 
To proclaim the gospel is to announce the extraordinary goodness of how the Lord binds up our wounds. These words from Scripture are just a very small sample of where we see the healing power of God at work. And now let's turn to my conversation with Kevin, who realized that at the heart of his spiritual seeking was his desire to simply find something that lasts forever. I'm joined today by Kevin Minetti, who serves as the director of the upcoming Portland campus of the Encounter School of Ministry for Adults. He is a husband and father of three. Kevin, it is great to have you on the show today. How are you? I am doing well. Thanks for having me, Miriam. Well, I look forward to our conversation and uh, just hearing uh, just a lot of wonderful stories of how the Holy Spirit has worked in your own life and how you see it at work in our world around us too. So Kevin, let's go ahead and dive in. Where did you grow up, Kevin? And was uh, was religion something that figured into um, your own uh, upbringing? What did that look like? Sure. So I spent probably most of my life, I think I moved when I was one and a half from Bay Area to Grants Pass, Oregon. Um, so my parish down there was uh, St. Anne's and a little bit of Sacred Heart. I think we we kind of did a little bit of the the move um, for, for various reasons. But um, yeah, religion, you know, I was, uh, my mom shepherded me very well. When I was a, a child, I was a, a daily mass altar server. Um, I like to brag that I was Monsignor Syak's first altar server at his first assignment. And and out of my great um, ability of altar serving, that trained him to be able to serve for the Pope. <laughs> um, no, but um, in that in that environment, I know there were a lot of a lot of older people at daily mass. There wasn't a single young person in there, oh, um, but I was there, and and it it was a very safe place. I remember just feeling the love, the warmth of the the older generation mm-hmm. with me there. Um, I remember actually when I was going to be confirmed, <laughs> there was a lady that I'd go on walks for over a mile to her house after mass, um, just just her and I, and I wanted her to be my confirmation sponsor. And my mom, um, being very practical, said, "Well, I don't know how long she's gonna last. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I don't know if she's the best option for you. You should find somebody who can journey with you and be younger." Yeah. Um, but but that was my experience, kind of growing up was mm. was just a lot of the nurturing of the older generation. Um, and it was, it was very important. I thought it was beautiful. Um, I, I like to serve mass well. Um, my son's doing the same thing. It makes my heart really proud just watching him serving, serving mass. And, and he, he he's, he, yeah, he does it so well. Um, but I, I can share a little bit out of that. You, Absolutely. Please share. Yeah. Okay. So out of that, maybe that safe place, you know, that was good. And that was, I felt God's presence. You know, I I don't hear that a lot from people sharing about their childhood when they experience God's presence in a, in a real way. But I remember being in church and sometimes my mom would have these obnoxiously long meetings, these committees she'd be a part of. And she'd say, you can stay in the church and pray. Um, And these days, like, that'd be like, Oh, great. Every kid's dream. But for me, I don't know, I'd stay in church. And and I remember having this thought, like, I could stay here forever. Like mm-hmm. I, I could live here. And there was just kind of that peace there. And, um, and obviously that wasn't a vocation story because I, I went a different direction, but there was, there was this overwhelming peace of just staying, kneeling, looking at Jesus in the tabernacle. And I just felt the overwhelming, um, 
sense of his presence. Um, so after that, uh, I, I didn't see other people my age coming to church. Um, even the kids that I went to Catholic school with, uh, I, I don't remember many of them coming to mass. And so I'd look around and I'd be like, okay, we got all these cool 80 year olds. Um, yeah. where's, where's anybody else that I'm going to be able to journey with? And, um, it's kind of cliche, but my focus started to, to fall away. I, I started to look where, where's everybody else spending their time. Right. And, um, you know, I got caught up in, um, sports and relationships and, um, and kind of, shifting that focus over there. Um, I excelled in a lot of that. Uh, you know, I was varsity sports. I was senior class president. I won acting and speech awards. And I did all these things of the world, just kind of building up my resume. Um, and I, I tried coming to youth groups, but the youth groups were so, so small, or maybe they, they just didn't feel very, I don't know. Um, real like <laughs> the bridge yeah. between everyday life and and faith it almost seemed like it was the silo um yeah. so i i struggled a lot um in maybe my teenage years just trying to find where do i fit in the church um and then going to college you know for me um i actually went to a catholic college university of portland but okay, yeah. um i i didn't go i didn't go because it was Catholic. I went because one, it was Portland and my parents were okay with it because it was Catholic, <laughs> but I went there just to get out. Um, I was finally free and, and could experience life. Uh, what I, what I thought was on the other side out of the, uh, the rules and all the, yeah. the regimen of, of daily life. And, um, and, and I did, I experienced it and I, I got myself in a, in a whole lot of um, <laughs> problems. Right. Um, but out of that, it, it, it was something very beautiful. I feel it, it kind of got me to rock bottom where mm -hmm. I just saw all those things that I'd been earning over my teenage years. I saw them crumble and it was like, none of those mattered anymore. And I was looking for something that lasts, something that would, um, truly, truly be meaningful for, for a real authentic, loving relationship. Um, and, and I hit that somewhere in the middle of college. Um, that's its own story, but my sister who was in a different city invited me on a retreat and I thought she was ridiculously, um, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, I, I have two jobs. I have more credits than you're supposed to be allowed to have. I was in um, I think two different plays at the time and I was looking to party every night yeah. and, <laughs> and, um, as I approached the weekend, play, play practice was canceled. I wasn't scheduled for work. Homework was like non-existent and I hadn't heard of any parties happening. And I was like, seriously. And I just came back to her email and I'm just like, well, you know, and, and me being a young male i'm thinking like well everybody here at this college is is dumb anyway so maybe maybe there be some attractive new females on this retreat or you know what what, what draws you into yeah. a new experience. and uh um so i went um i i reached out to my sister and i said if you can find a way to get me there i'll go mm -hmm. and she got me 
a ride because I didn't I didn't have a car. I didn't drive and drove me to that city. She wasn't even there. I felt like I had been hoodwinked. Um, just like, Haha, I got you. Yeah. Um, but there I experienced people that um, I, I wouldn't say were, you know, necessarily like set on fire for God, but they had something I didn't have. And there was something real. They were they were hungering after something, and and they they had this peace that I didn't have, and I couldn't earn. And I was, what what is that? And so that kind of set me up um, on the path of of trying to discover what God had for me. And and that was a retreat that was through the the Saint John Society, okay, um, yeah. down in Corvallis, Oregon State, and um, I developed a an awesome friendship with them and. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's maybe the the first step of my journey there. Absolutely. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. And for those who are just tuning in, I'm speaking with Kevin Minetti, who serves as the director of the upcoming Portland campus of the Encounter School of Ministry for Adults. Uh, and he's a husband and father of three. Uh Kevin, you shared sort of the first part of this story, and um it's it's clear the Lord was eventually he would draw you into a life of ministry and service. Uh, could we turn and uh, talk a little bit about that? Because I'd love for our listeners to learn more about what is coming up with this Encounter School of Ministry, how that developed, what is its uh, its goal, and um, how how could people be a part of this movement? Absolutely. So um, just just to share a little bit of our journey of why we came into agreement with this. So Absolutely. it's it yeah. probably about four four years ago, um, I was doing what I would call maybe hyper ministry. Um, I was involved in Alpha, um, running an Alpha course. I took it to a parish and was also helping with that for over 10 years. Um, So getting involved with that, and there were so many fruits, people coming into community, learning the the simple truths of the gospel. And in that, uh, it, it was taking a toll on my my personal life um, with 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 my marriage, but there was something extra that just seemed off. Um, because when when there's fruits of the spirit, things should get better, right? <laughs> um, but in our home, it, it wasn't doing that. And and uh, my wife and I we were experiencing kind of the the worst parts um, of our relationship ever um, when things were kind of at their their peak of ministry. And, and that drew me out. Um, I, I, I quit ministry cold Turkey one day, um, just in attempts to, to come back to my wife. We were at the the point of reevaluating our marriage, um, with the kids. And there was a, a deep, um, uh, I don't want to go into too deep of specifics because that's, that's its own thing, but, um, there were things from both of our pasts, but primarily her past, um, that were coming to the surface and had just taken over 30 years to do so. Yeah. And those were butting up against things that I had. And I remember being on my knees in desperation one day and just telling the Lord, Lord, please, like, I'm desperate. Like, I, if you can save my marriage, I'll give you anything. And I prayed that prayer, and that was in conjunction with an Our Lady's Undoer of Knots Novena, um, which I love. I love. Um, <laughs> things started to shift in such real ways. Um, just 
we were so transparent. We started meeting on the couch and just having talks that were so deep and um, certain memories that she had started coming to the surface of where she saw where her beliefs were coming from. And we were able to sort through those and kind of heal those. And and we ended up on a, actually, this is coming up to the JP2 healing the whole person retreat and the day of equipping. And that was awesome. We went there. Um, my wife had been gluten intolerant. There's celiacs that runs in her family. She was healed on that retreat. Wow. Um, I went through a deep identity um, healing with mm-hmm. my relationship with my father. So I realized a lot of my striving over my youth was was looking for my father's approval. Um, and in some ways you get that from your natural father and there's, there's a healthy dynamic of family, but there's also a piece of that that's intended to be received by God, the father. And I had never experienced God, the father before. So I experienced that in such a huge way on this retreat. And so we, we went through that. And then over the course of the year, we went through like 30 to 40 healing and deliverance books and um, just, that that reset what's possible like we saw that jesus wanted to get personal and and i would once i experienced that it was okay if he wants to get this personal the other stuff it was good like doing ministry all those years was good but this changes the game like i couldn't earn that i couldn't do that this was this was his action and so um that that set us up to okay how do we is there a way that we can grow in these encounters mm-hmm. in these encounters that, that God initiates, that God facilitates. Mm-hmm. And, and so we started diving into that and realizing that's our whole history of the church. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about the gospel. We talk about the saints. We have our favorite saints. We ask for, for their intercession and a saint can't even be canonized a saint unless there's miracles, mm-hmm. which is God's sovereign action operating through the life of the believer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're learning about this. And meanwhile, the Encounter School of Ministry comes along. Mm-hmm. Um, we hear about this and we hear about people that are that are bringing healing into the grocery store, that are bringing healing into their into their families just because they're stepping out and they they believe what God is saying about them in their identity as believers. Like these are the signs of those who believe they'll heal the sick. They'll drive out demons. <laughs> there's, there's just such such basics of what we're called to. And, and I think maybe in the Catholic church, um, we don't talk so much about that because we have such a history of tradition um, that sometimes that gets overwhelming and we're trying to unpack all the tradition or all the ways that each individual saint used and was successful in their relationship with God that, that sometimes we lean too much on that. We don't develop our own, our own identity, our own walk with God. Um, So anyways, just seeing how Encounter was doing that and hearing the fruits of the testimonies. Um, recently, I heard of, uh, there was a, a testimony at the Encounter Mexico City Conference. There was a young girl, I think they said somewhere around eight years old, who was born without a thyroid. They prayed for healing and her mom felt, and I guess she she felt in her throat before, and she felt something there that wasn't there before. And she's like, "What? what is that? They went and got tests. They got scans. There's now a thyroid in this child. Like, it's not just, okay, like your pain went away. Okay, maybe you stretched the right way. You got a chiropractic adjustment. There was a creative miracle. And we're seeing these happen regularly. I've I've seen that in my own um, ministry and stepping out. So 
um, the encounter school, um, I went through it. Uh, I heard about it and, and I heard that there was only at the time, this was right around when COVID was, there wasn't a lot of opportunities to do anything, but for whatever reason, the Seattle campus, there were three campuses in the whole United States at the time, the Seattle campus, um, was open and they were meeting weekly. Yeah. You had all the masking guidance, whatever. Um, but I just felt, you know, driving to Seattle every week, that sounds ridiculous. Like I, I, I live just outside of Portland and I was like, but that's so ridiculous. That's probably God. <laughs> so I worked it out with my wife and, and, and I went and I, every week I was going there and I just, oh my gosh, my, my life was changing. And I thought I was pretty awesome already having done ministry. I'm like, what, what more could they teach me? There was some, some pieces of that. And every week I was so humbled and just renewed as I'm just, I, I'm learning how God sees me and, and out of how he sees me and how he feels about me, what he entrusts me with, and then what he wants to do. And he starts showing me people around me that, um, that need his touch, that need his, his healing power. Um, and that's been so rewarding. So the encounter school, I went there for two years. Um, everything starts with identity. That's their first quarter. And they also cover, um, there's, there's physical healing, like praying for healing the sick, how to hear God's voice, inner healing, which is a lot of what my wife Rose and I went through the, the wounds and, um, kind of, uh, and a lot of deliverance. I won't get too deep into that because that's, that could be its own discussion, but, um, those, those areas that Jesus said we'd be doing, being a part of, but we don't often talk about, we don't address. But I, I've just been seeing that's, that's a manifestation of, of Jesus's presence here today. And I, I see that doing, I won't say more, but I see that being very effective in how we approach ministry today, especially in the Portland area, where people are so unchurched, uncatechized. Um, we can bring them to church. We can bring them to mass. And, and yeah, that, 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 that could be awesome. Um, but if they can experience the power of Jesus, um, in, in just a simple encounter, if their body is healed and they want to know the source of that, that's going to show them a person. And then out of that, you can talk about what will sustain that relationship in faith, in church and um, anyways, that's beautiful. And, 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 uh, you know, you, you actually anticipated a question. I was going to ask you just how oh. healing and evangelization really do intersect and you can't have one really without the other. Um, you're talking about this school of ministry and I'm wondering, is it, is it really for anyone? Uh, is it for those who are already working for the church who would sign up for the, for the courses? Yeah. Well, the only stipulations they have are you have to be 18 and, okay. Um, you don't have to even be Catholic. Um, okay. What you will find is is it's rooted in our Catholic tradition because there's so much there's so much in our Catholic tradition on on healing and on the supernatural. Right. Um, but I would say it's for it's for anybody that's hungry for more. Um, sometimes people are satisfied and they're like, you know, this isn't going to do anything for me. I would say. Um, I wouldn't say that's not for you, but I, I'd say you probably wouldn't be drawn to it if you're already content. Um, but what I found in in the kingdom of God is <laughs> you get hungrier by eating. <laughs> so as as you taste and see the goodness of God, you just want more. <laughs> and, and you just realize 
how little you've experienced as you encounter more. Um, so honestly, I, I'm inviting, you know, I did Alpha for many years. I'm inviting everybody that I helped to, to shepherd over Alpha. I'm saying, I, I wanted to start this campus specifically for you. Because we, we talked about the truths and the intro of faith, but now I want to see you alive. I don't, I don't want you just hearing and receiving the truth, but I want you carrying that within you because the world around us, Portland um, and the surrounding areas need to experience that transformational power of God. And God trusts us with that. Like, it, you know, some people are like, if God wanted it, he would do it all himself. But no, that's, that's not how he set it up. He set it up for, for a partnership where we would be stewards of his glory here on earth. Um, so yeah, it's really for, for anybody, um, specifically to the Portland campus, I'd say anybody that can sacrifice time on Tuesday nights, <laughs> because it's going to be from 530 to 9 on Tuesday nights in Southeast Portland at Ascension Parish. So um, if, if Tuesday nights are open for you and, and you want more and you realize that, that Jesus didn't die for a powerless church, and that that he wanted you to be the answer, but maybe you see you're not walking in that. When you hear the stories of the the saints, you're like, well, well, that's not me. But you want that? I'd say, I'd say, sign up, <laughs> get in line with it, because um, we're seeing people walking out the gospel. It's like um, the stories I hear from just the the community of people I met from the encounter school. It's like acts of the apostles in our present age. It's like, oh, really? Oh, you got cancer? What type of cancer? It's not like you saw cancer disappeared. It's like, what breakthrough in cancer have you seen? Or, um, oh, legs have grown out? Oh, nice. I remember the first time I prayed and like a leg grew out to heal some hip and back pain. And it's just, it, this is everyday life. Um, so if you want that, <laughs> if you know people in your life uh, who could use a miracle, and maybe they're not open to talking to, maybe they're not open to coming to church. Maybe they're not open to talking to your zealous friend who prays for healing, but they're open to talking to you. I'd say equip yourself. And this is one really successful way that I've noticed. And that's why I've, I've decided, my, my family's decided to partner with it and bring it here to Portland. Awesome. Uh, Kevin, uh, for those who uh, might be listening, who are hungry for more and who want to partner with the Holy Spirit and be part of what he's doing uh, in the Portland area, where would they go to learn more and to to get in touch with someone? Absolutely. So it's encounterschool.org slash Portland. So there you'll find um, there's an application page. You can also see our team. There's There's testimonies and videos. Uh, just to kind of give you more information, but that's encounterschool.org slash Portland. Kevin, that's great. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. And I ask that God continue to bless uh, your family and your ministry. Thank you very much. Amen. Thank you so much, Miriam. God bless you. God bless you. In the 2013 Apostolic Exhortation entitled The Joy of the Gospel, we read, The return to the sacred and the quest for spirituality, which mark our own time, are ambiguous phenomena. Today, our challenge is not so much atheism as the need to respond adequately to many people's thirst for God, lest they try to satisfy it with alienating solutions or with a disembodied Jesus who demands nothing of us with regard to others. 
unless these people find in the church a spirituality which can offer healing and liberation and fill them with life and peace, while at the same time summoning them to fraternal communion and missionary fruitfulness, they will end up by being taken in by solutions which neither make life truly human nor give glory to God. So let's keep praying that many, many more people discover the healing and liberation that our Lord offers. And let's not forget that He's never quite done with us. There is more conversion, more healing, more freedom still to come for each of us. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Miriam Marston, and I hope you'll join me next time as we continue to reflect on how God calls every baptized person to be a missionary disciple and how we can encourage and inspire each other along the way. Until then, stay well and stay close to Christ. God bless you all. You've been listening to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. For more information on Miriam Marston and her work, plus an archive of our past shows, visit us online at matradayradio.com or download the Hail Mary Media app. Blazing the Trail is produced at the studios of Matraday Radio in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.